Well, this morning it is our honor to uh, hear from a guest in honor of our classics. Uh, Brother Billy Barnes is going to be preaching uh, to us this morning. He is the Minister of Senior Adults at First Baptist Church, New Braunfels, also serves with the Senior Adult Ministry of the Southern Baptist of Texas Convention. And I've asked uh, our, my brother here to share a little bit more about himself before he gets started. Come on up. His Wife Judy is with him. Let's welcome them to First Baptist Uvalde. Thank you for being here. Thank you. It is good to be here today. I looked out there and I see these people that have hair, and then I see some that don't have hair. And I'm really glad to be here. I had hair one time, then I got married, and she pulled it all out. So it sounded good anyway. My wife and I have been married for 43 years, and I keep telling her how lucky she is to get a guy like me. She hadn't believed me yet, but I'm wearing her down. Now, she uses this one scripture in the Bible where it says, Count it all joy when you encounter trials and tribulations. Every time I tell her that, she uses that same, and I don't understand that. You know, I, I just don't understand it. We have... Two married children, we have three grandsons and one granddaughter. How many of you have grandkids? Aren't they great? Why couldn't we have grandkids before we had kids? I worry about my wife spoiling them and sending them home. I would never do anything like that, but I worry about her doing that. And these grandkids, they send these lasting memories with you. Our We have an 11-year-old granddaughter, two 7-year-olds, and a 4-year-old. Our 11-year-old at the time was 4 years old, and she was, they were teaching her big words and what they understood and what they stood for. And they were teaching her the word consequences. Well... We, were, we met them in a restaurant to have supper with them one time. They live in Round Rock, Texas. And we have two, uh, our other two live in, right there in New Braunfels with us. But we had met them. And we were at a restaurant. And a straw appeared in my mouth. And out of it a little ice came and went right and hit her right up the side of the face. She just sat there. Okay. She's being good. You know, I'll, I'll tell you now, it's hard for me to be good, okay? So I did it again. She looked across at her grandma that was sitting right there, and she said, Grandma, if you don't teach Grandpa some manners, he's going to have consequences. They learn fast. Our, one of our little seven-year-olds, we were out there and we were on the swing and we were swinging. And we were bumping into each other and boy, he, he thought that was fun. So he bumped into me and I said, who did that? He just sort of looked a minute and I said, you think it was grandma? No, 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 grandpa. It wasn't grandma. We got to be nice to grandma. She cooks for us. I mean, they learn fast. I have currently, uh, we currently own two businesses. I am senior adult minister. I'm in my 18th year there at First Baptist Church, New Braunfels. It's a part-time position. And uh, out of our, our senior adults, 
We have a senior adult choir of about uh, 60. We have an ensemble. We have a quartet. Our choir has been the featured choir at Glory Edel several years ago. We have sang at the SBTC conferences that they have. We have a puppet ministry. We have a hand chimes ministry. We have a homebound ministry. We have volunteers, people that volunteer within our church there. They volunteer in the nursery and the library and the church office. We also have ministries that work outside our church. They work in like the food bank and Hope Hospice. Um, there, some of them work at our senior center, our hospital, and our nursing homes. And my goal with senior adults is to get them plugged in. I think any person in this church has got to be plugged in. You've got to be plugged in. Several years ago, in 2014, the senior the Southern Baptists of Texas realized how fast the senior adult population is growing. And so they hired me part-time to be an associate and go around and help develop senior adult programs around the state of Texas. We have four large conferences each year that we have and that I basically have become in charge of. The, but we have one in New Braunfels, we have one in the Dallas area, one in the Houston area, and one in East Texas. And we allow churches to come and we try to teach the leadership how to get involved and how to get senior adults involved. You see, I love senior adults. I always have loved senior adults. And how many of you believe that really God answers prayers? Three of you, huh? That's pretty good. Let me give that to you again. How many of you believe that God answers prayers? All right, amen, amen. I've got to tell you that about eight weeks ago, every Monday morning, I, I go to San Antonio. And every Monday, I just turn off the radio, and it's just me and God for about 10 to 15 minutes till I get to my first account. And I said, God, I would like to be able to preach a little more. Do you realize that the very next morning at 8 o'clock, Tuesday morning at 8 o'clock, I got a call from this church right here telling me about this senior adult day that you were having and asked me to preach here. That afternoon in our church staff meeting, our pastor asked me to preach for him in a couple of Sunday nights. That same afternoon, I got a call from a guy in Nacogdoches, Texas, that asked me to come up there and preach a one-day senior adult-led revival and to follow it up with a one-day senior adult conference. Now, God answers prayers. Amen? Three of you still believe it. That's good. But anyway, I love senior adults. I love working with senior adults. I love what they stand for. I love the examples that they have set upon us. But I got to tell you about a, a senior adult, a little senior adult lady 
She called her doctor. And she said, doctor, am I going to have to take these pills the rest of my life? Now the doctor, he sort of thought a minute and he said, yes, ma'am, you are. Then there was silence on the line. In the minute she said, well, doctor, can I ask you a question? He said, sure. Just how serious is my condition? He said, why do you ask that? It says on the bottle, no refills. <laughs> yeah, no refills. You know, the Lord tells us that no one knows how long our life here on earth will be. So we really need to make every day count. But I want to ask you a question. I want you to be honest with me here. How many of you have said, I have done my time, let someone else do it? I'm the only one. Wow, that's wonderful. I wouldn't have thought that. I really wouldn't. Mom and dads, preschoolers, after your children were out of this age group, How many of you said, let someone else do it? Proverbs 20, 29 says, The glory of young men is their strength, and the beauty of old men is the gray head. In the parentheses, and the bald head. I just put that in there. That's the Barnes version of that. Mom and dads of teenagers... After your children were out of this age group, how many of you said, let someone else do it? You know, in Job 12 and 12, it says, with the ancient is wisdom, and in the length of days, understanding. Senior adults, how many of you have said, I've done my time, let someone else do it, I'm going to retire Psalm 71, 18, David's prayer in his old age. He says, now when I am old and gray-headed, O God, forsake me not until I have showed thy strength unto this generation and thy power to everyone that is to come. Today is the oldest that you've ever been. But it's also the youngest that you'll ever be. Our text today is in Matthew 5, verses 13 through 16. If you'll turn there, in a minute we're going to stand and read this passage. But if I was to, if I was to put a title on my sermon today, I would label it, You're not finished yet. And that pertains to everyone here in the church. You are not finished yet. Would you stand with me as we read Matthew chapter 5, starting in verse 13. It says, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has become tasteless, how 
Can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under foot by men. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket. But on the lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Almost gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you today. We thank you for watching over and caring for us, Lord. And I ask today that we just listen and search our hearts for opportunities that we have to help others. And Lord, whatever we do, we'll always give you the praise and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Now because you are the salt of the earth and because you are the light of the world the Lord is saying right here you are not finished yet and in these few verses the Lord summarizes the functions of believers in the world whoever lives according to the beatitudes is going to function in the world as salt and as light christian character Consciously or unconsciously affects people for better or for worse. Christian character consciously or unconsciously affects other people for better or for worse. How many of you have been around people that have had a negative effect on you? We all have. And there comes a point in time you think, I really don't want to be around this person. I really don't want to be around this person. But by the same token, how many of you have been around somebody that has had a positive effect on you? And you think, I really want to learn more about this person. I really want to be with them. Do some things with them. Learn a little more about them. You see, we make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we give. A young couple took their son, their little, little son, to, on, a, on a trip with him, and they went to Europe, and they toured all the cathedrals that you normally tour when you're over there and looking, and when they got back, the Sunday school teacher asked the little boy, he said, did you, did you find out what a saint was? Well, now this little boy remembered while he was sitting in churches looking at these stained glass windows with these saints pictured in there. And he said, a saint is a person who the light shines through. A saint is a person who the light shines through. 
Now that's probably one of the best definitions that, that I've ever heard. And it's a good testimony of what we ourselves are trying to do here on earth. And in Matthew 5 verses 13 through 16, Jesus talks about the influence of people on the world and for good. In 1 John 2 and 15, John wrote, Do not love the world, nor the things in the world. You see, Christ's people are not to reflect the world, but they are to influence the world. Christ's people are not to reflect the world, but to influence the world. Verse 13 says, you're, not the, you're the salt of the earth. Now, salt has always been a valuable commodity in our human society, and often much more in the older days than it is today. And during a period of, of ancient Greek history, it was called theon, which means divine. The Romans held that except for the sun, there was nothing more important than salt. A lot of the Roman soldiers were paid in salt. And therefore that saying says you're not worth your salt is where that that came from. The church cannot stand for the Lord if it does not stand for his word. And when it stands for its word, its witness will often sting. The church cannot stand for the Lord if it does not stand for His Word. And when it stands for His Word, its witness will often sting. Salt creates thirst. Partially because of the craving for water. A lot of of people that work out in the sun, they get these salt tablets. And without the proper intake of fluids... Dehydration and death can even occur. You see, God intended for His people to live and testify before the world and others and be made aware of their spiritual dehydration. Our actions will show how we as Christians are salt of the earth. And as God's children, and as the temple of His Holy Spirit... Christians represent God's presence in the earth. You see, we are the salt that prevents the entire world from degenerating even faster than it is today. Verse 14 says, you are the light of the world. Jesus calls us to be his light. He said, you are the light of the world. Now, whereas salt is hidden, light is obvious. Salt works secretly. Light works openly. Salt works from within. Light from without. Salt works primarily through our living, where light works through what we teach And what we preach. Light not only reveals what is wrong and fake. But it helps produce what is righteous and true. 
Psalms 36, 9, David wrote, For with thee is the fountain of life. In thy light we see light. God is light, and in him there is no darkness. Light is not given simply to have, but to live by. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. God's light is to walk by and to live by. You see, Christ is the true light and we are His reflections. 2 Corinthians 4 6 says, God who first ordered the light to shine in the darkness has flooded our hearts with his light. God shed his light on the world for those to receive his light through Christ Jesus. And by nature and by definition, light must be visible in order to illuminate. And Christians must be that direct And noticeable instruments of that light. People, you're not finished yet. True believers are salt and light and must fulfill that identity. Andrew Murray, he lived an exceptional and a holy life. And among the people that he influenced the most was his children and his grandchildren. Five of his six sons became ministers. Four of his daughters married and became ministers' wives. Ten grandsons became ministers. And thirteen grandchildren became missionaries. And although each of us here have not had the exceptional results that Andrew Murray had, each of you, each of you have influenced people. Each of you. Have influenced people. Woodrow Wilson. He told the story. Of how he went into a barber shop. To have his hair cut. And he said. I was sitting in the barber chair. When I suddenly became aware. That a powerful. Personality had entered the room. He said a man. Had come quietly in. Basically, on the same errand that he was to get his hair cut. And he sat down right next to me in the other chair. And he said, every word that the man uttered, though it was not in the least bit intended to make moral observations, showed a personal interest in the man who was serving him. Woodrow Wilson said, before I got through with what was being done to me, I was aware that I had been in an evangelistic service because Dr. D.L. Moody was in that chair. He said, I purposely lingered longer after he had left just to see what was going on. And he said it had a singular effect. In the whole room. 
said they talked in undertones. They didn't know his name. They didn't know who he was. But they knew that something had elevated their thoughts. Woodrow Wilson left there and he said, I felt that when I left a place, I should have left. Just like I should leave a place of worship. People, you're not finished yet. People, do you realize that as Christians, we are the salt of the earth and the light of the world? You encourage people to do the right things. You invite them to come, be a part of your fellowship, to be a part of what each of you are doing. Your light is shining because of your actions. Positive results will always follow if we do what God commands us to do. Positive results will always follow if we do what God commands us to do. You're not finished yet. Matthew 5, verses 13 through 16. Jesus talks about the influence of his people on the world and for good. And the use of salt and light. They emphasize different characteristics of influence. But their basic purpose is the same. In verses 13 and 14, the pronoun you is emphatic. The idea is that you are the salt of the earth. And that you are the light of the world. And the world corruption will not be retarded. And its darkness will not be illuminated unless God's people are the salt and the light of the world. You're not finished yet. Some years ago, a magazine carried a very graphic story and a tragic story. Had four pictures, and the first picture was of a vast wheat field in western Kansas. The second showed a distressed mother sitting there in the farmhouse in the center of the wheat field. And the accompanying story told about how their four-year-old son had slipped away when she wasn't looking and had wandered off into the wheat field. The father and the mother, they searched and they searched. But because this little boy was so short, they couldn't see him over the wheat. The third picture shows A story of how the friends and neighbors that had come and had heard about this situation. And they were walking hand in hand, stretched out, and were walking the wheat field, searching for this little boy. The fourth picture showed a picture of the father holding the little boy in his hands. They didn't catch him early enough. They didn't find him. And because of that, he had 
passed on. And the caption under this final picture said, Oh God, if we had only joined hands sooner. Oh God, if we had only joined hands sooner. When I read stories like this, I think about the people that have been there in time of need. I think about the people there in New Braunfels and who have experienced in the floods and have helped out people in many different ways. You see, salt works primarily through our living. And light works primarily through what we preach and what we teach. You're not finished yet. And as Christians, we need to continually let our light shine and to be committed. We have to be committed. We have to be committed to our walk with God. We have to be committed to helping others. We have to be committed to be that beacon, that light to our pastor, to our staff, to our church. And we have to be committed to not only being a part, but being an aggressive, concerned, caring, loving, and involved example. People, you're not finished yet. You see, our God has no limitations. He is able to do all things for you. To be mighty in you. He bring bring blessings to you. All that he is able to do. He is willing to do. His provisions are endless. His blessings are merciless. His generosity is boundless. And all that is in his heart flows in waves of love. To fill you. To cover you. You cannot contain them. They are more than your mind can imagine. They are more than your arms can embrace. They are more than your heart can hold. Our God has no limitations on what is able to do for us. Our God is an awesome God. Amen? Three of you believe that. Verse 16 says, Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father. Who is in heaven. Now the word for good that Jesus uses here does not so much emphasize a quality. And although that obviously is very important. As it does bent an attractiveness and beautiful appearance. You see by letting your light shine before men. That allows your good works and the beauty that the Lord has worked in us. And to see good works through us is to see Jesus in us. To see good works through us is to see Jesus in us. You're not finished yet. That's why Jesus said, let your light shine. 
It's not something we create or we make up, but it's something that we allow the Lord to do through us. And it is God's light, but it's our choice whether we let it shine or we hide it. And the purpose of letting our light shine and reveal our good works It's not to bring attention or praise to ourselves, but to God. Our good works magnifies God's grace and His power. And this is our supreme calling, glorifying God. A godly life gives convincing testimony on the saving power of God. And that brings Him glory. You're not finished yet. Don't matter what your age is. Whether you're a young parent or you're a senior adult. You are not finished yet. My question for you today. How is your light... Or is your testimony for God? The song says, let others see Jesus in you. Keep telling the story. Be faithful and true. Let others see Jesus in you. Grace, Heavenly Father. Lord, we love you. And we just praise your name. Lord, I pray that we, as Christians, are the salt and the light of the world. And Lord, I pray that we need to realize that our time here on earth is to glorify you. And Lord, we can still do that. No matter what age we are, we need to do that. Lord, I pray that we will glorify you in all that we do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So maybe this morning, God has has spoken to you. Maybe you need to ask these questions. Is your life bringing glory to God? Is your life a testimony for God? Am I doing all that I can do for God? Do others see Jesus in me? If not, what do you need to do to change? Maybe you need to tell God this morning. God. I'm not finished yet. We had a 96 year old lady. In our choir. That had to. Literally. Stop doing what she was doing this last year. Every time the door was open. She was there. Every time something was going on. She was there. 
Anytime you wanted something done, she was there. She said, I can't climb the steps to get in the choir loft anymore. 96 years old. She had to step down. She's still serving her Lord. But you know what? She's not finished yet. This morning, as we stand and as we sing, you make that decision. This is between you and Jesus. And you make that decision today. Thank you.